The Lifestylist, episode 143, featuring Kyle Cease. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast has been made possible in part by my friends over at Athletic Greens. I discovered this superfood blend a couple months ago, started taking it, fell in love with it, found it to be really convenient and useful and really good for the listeners because it's so all-encompassing. It's got vitamins, minerals, raw alkaline superfoods, herbs, antioxidants, plus enzymes and probiotics. So it's really a complete superfood blend. So that's why I like it. But in order to take an advertiser on the show, I need to find out a little more. I have to do a little deep digging. And you should rest assured that I do this with all my advertisers. I got on the phone with their CEO. I asked him about testing for heavy metals, for mold, uh, herb irradiation, all this weird stuff that you probably don't know about that a lot of health supplements companies do that is not awesome. So this passed my test, passed the taste test, passed the power test and convenience test. And that's why I'm so happy to share with you Athletic Greens. So if you want to check this out, here's what's up. You want to go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. You're going to find a landing page there. And when you purchase through that page, you're going to get 20 free travel packs valued at 99 bucks. It's pretty awesome. So go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. Today's show is brought to you by Organifi. Now, you guys know I always talk about their green superfood powder. I take that literally every single morning, sometimes during the day. It's out of control, good, super powerful. However, I just got a hold of their new product called Organifi Gold, which is sort of like a golden latte. It's got turmeric, ginger, reishi mushroom, lemon balm, turkey tail mushroom, all these rad superfoods and herbs. It's, of course, totally organic. And what's dope about this particular product is you can make a hot elixir with a, with a healthy fat, like a coconut oil, grass-fed butter, or ghee, or you can make a cold smoothie with some kind of nut milk or something. So here's my routine. I do the Organifi green powder in the morning or maybe midday if I need a little boost. Then at night when I want to chill out, I do the golden latte using the Organifi gold. It's a really good warm elixir. It really chills you out and it's gently detoxifying. So that's my favorite new thing. If you want to check it out and all of their products, I highly recommend them. Of course, you can go to Organifi.com with an I. And if you use the code Lifestylist, you will save 20% on your order, which is a really fat discount. I'm pretty into these guys. I think that's very cool that they offer such a substantial discount. So go to Organifi.com. Use the code LIFESTYLIST and save 20% and make sure you check out the new Organifi Gold. It is amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? You just won the podcast lottery, my friends, because you stumbled across this fantastic episode with our guest, Kyle Cease, where we're talking about cosmic comedy. And if you're someone that needs a little inspiration today, if you're feeling a little down, a little lost, we're going to get you sorted out. So make sure you listen through 
to the end of this conversation. Very inspiring stuff. But before we get into that fun, let's talk about Kyle's event coming up June 23rd and 24th at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. If you want to get tickets, he's been very kind to give us $100 off using the code NEXTLEVEL. If you want to hook it up, go to kylecease.com forward slash Dolby. Again, use the code NEXTLEVEL to save a cool $100. You might even run into my ass there. If I can get the weekend off, I'm going to try to hook it up because from this conversation with Kyle, I got a feeling that I really need to hear more from this guy. All right, then we've got a bonus episode for you this Friday. This is one I recorded a couple months ago with my friend Fern Olivia, and it's a bootleg episode, meaning it's some audio that I ripped from a video interview that she did with me as a guest. And I got so personal and so revelatory and intimate in this particular episode of her show, which is called Sensual Intelligence that I just thought it would be a personal challenge to myself to put it out into the world. It's kind of, uh, I'm going to be mortified probably when I put it out, but whatever, I did it. And I think there's some value there. I got great feedback from her audience when she put it out on, on her YouTube channel. And I thought, you know what, this would actually make a good episode. I feel like I have some things to offer and have some experience. And so I'll be sharing that this Friday, uh, sensual intelligence with Fern Olivia, a little bonus episode for you there. All right. In order to get that episode, though, you got to subscribe to the podcast. So click subscribe on your player so that you don't miss it. And then if you want to come hang out in person and have some fun with me, I will be appearing in two days, actually, at Bulletproof Labs in Santa Monica, California. So that's June 14th at 6.30 p.m. If you want to come hang out at this biohacking talk I'm doing, I'm not going to tell you what it's about because It's going to be so lit, I actually don't want to give it up, but you are going to learn a lot. It's going to be interactive. It's going to be off the chain. If you want to come to that event, go to lukestory.com forward slash events. It's free, but it might even be full at the time of this airing. I'm not even kidding. I'm not trying to do that scarcity marketing trick on you. Uh, It's not that big of a room, you know, so go to lukestory.com forward slash events and hope for the best. That's Bulletproof Labs, June 14th in two days. Check it out. A lot of people have been hitting me up on social media, within our Facebook group, all over the place, asking about the best biohacking tech, this supplement, this device, et cetera. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? I don't think a lot of people realize that for 21 years, I've been compiling lists and links of every single health product or service available in the world that I think is the best. And I've provided links to all of them at my online store, which is lukestory.com forward slash store. So that's lukestory.com forward slash store. It's a great way to support the show. It's a great way to support who I feel are the best brands in the world selling supplements and biohacking tech and whatnot. And it's a great way to just um, support yourself because you're going to get a discount in most cases when you go through that link. So check out my store at lukestory.com forward slash store. Okay. Today's show, as I said, features comedian and personal development expert Kyle Cease. Fantastic dude. For 25 years, Kyle chased his dreams of being a headlining, touring comedian and actor. Then he discovered the harsh truth, right? We've all gotten to this point at some time in our life. When this thing happens, I'll be happy. It's the when I'll be happy when syndrome, right? And it turned out to be a complete lie. So he decided to quit his stand-up career at its peak. Really famous guy. He's been in the game for a long time. And now he's a transformational comedian and New York Times bestselling author. So he brings his one-of-a-kind 
self-help wisdom to sold out audiences in his evolving out loud live stage show, which is the one that I talked about earlier. So I recorded this a couple months ago at the Longevity Now conference in Anaheim, and it's a really lighthearted and fun conversation, but it's also super deep and profound. I learned a lot and I was really inspired. Kyle's a brilliant guy and he offered so much insight into living up to your purpose and just refusing to settle for anything less than the best life ever. So here's a taste of some of the juicy nuggets we dropped in the interview, struggling with the law of attraction, manifestation, and the classical sense of prayer, spending time alone and being okay with your discomfort, the difficulty of both scarcity and abundance, combining comedy and transformation, pricing your services to best serve people, not what you can get away with, how to overcome control issues. I'm always trying to control the sound on my show, right, editors? (laughs) I need to work on that one. It's an inside joke, you guys, but they'll hear it, get it, because they're going to edit this. Maybe they'll edit this out. Probably not, because they like to mess with me. Love these guys at Podcast Masters, my producer. Shout out what? Back to the show. The patterns of thinking and behavior that develop as a result of trauma. Putting yourself in situations where you're in over your head in order to grow, like starting a podcast for me. Making it normal and not unusual for amazing things to happen to us. Becoming aware of the why, the capital Y, in your life mission. And then finally, the power of meditation for personal transformation, something I'm a huge advocate of. So Kyle is a hilarious dude, but also seriously tapped into the personal growth and self-help scene. I learned so much in this interview, and I promise that you will too. So let's give a big Hollywood welcome to the great Kyle Cease. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Thank you for having me. Dude, great to meet you. It's so good to meet you too. Yeah, so listeners, we were just uh, discussing how when you're working within media uh, and you get asked to do certain things, sometimes you don't have a lot of information about the project. And Kyle was describing how he uses that sort of inner voice and discernment to determine whether or not he wants to enter into something. So how do you use that that kind of intuition? Well, I really believe, I think, the more I do the work myself and the more I, you know, I meditate and connect to myself. And I actually believe that your business, your relationships, everything is actually, I think we're moving to a new level of consciousness where it's a mirror of your connection to yourself. And I also believe that it feels like in the 80s, in the 90s, there was this highest level of consciousness was what you achieve. The highest level, like we didn't see anything beyond that. It's just, you're going to go become a millionaire or have the Lamborghini or whatever. Yeah. Were you living in LA during the 80s uh, and 90s? Not in the 80s. I was in Seattle. Oh, okay. But yeah. Okay. But there was just an, I, a mindset that just showed achievement as a huge thing. I remember my dad having like that Donald Trump book and right, you know right. everyone really looking up to that. Yeah. And then what happened is I really believe that so many people got to achieve a certain amount of achievement and many people have experienced feeling really sad and really off. And what I believe more and more is that consciousness has surpassed the highest level being what you achieve. And it's much more what you are, that we're connecting to what we are. And when people are just teaching you how to get, you know, I'm going to show you the seven steps to getting millions of listeners or millions of viewers, or here's the steps. And when you're in a how-to, mm-hmm. it's in your head. How-to is a, an in-your-head question. And you're only trying to get mm. when you're in your head. So that automatically activates the intellect as the mechanism by which you're going to go and achieve. Well, and it's also a response Lacking to... that intuition that we're It's also about. a response to lack. In other words, how do I get more people? 
because I don't think I have enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, right? good, yeah. So you're creating from I don't have enough, right, right? right? So for me, the factors of when I work with someone or connect with someone, I've had people that come up and they brag about their list size, like it's something else. They'll be like, I have an eight inch list, right? you know, <laughs> 25 million viewers or whatever. But you can feel the desperation because they think that I measure them by who they are is how many followers they have versus just who right. they are. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, Mr. Rogers wouldn't brag about his list and neither would Wayne Dyer, you know, these yeah, people yeah, that, yeah. but they are the best, right? Yeah, there was you don't something hear about, Eckhart Tolle being like, and yeah. I sold X amount of books, so you should come I see work me with, speak. Yeah. <laughs> Currently <laughs> now, I do, I do a lot of people. Oh, I, yeah. I actually do David Wolf. Oh, no way. Well, because he always, when he speaks, there's something David does that I think is so funny where he always says a thing as if everyone already knows it, but no one does. Right, And right. he acts like, he says it like the So it'll be like, and the pineapple, what does it do? It, that's right, releases the ovarian <laughs> connection to, <laughs> what is it? Exactly. <laughs> the universal flow of, that's right, pomegranate use, which, and no one's saying anything. Right. Like, and he's like, very good. <laughs> yes. Which, you know, and it's just like, it's the because he knows so much stuff. And right. just all I see is just people like, I don't, no, I'm going to remember three that things tonight. That is so funny. You're you're so right. There is um, a unique nuance to his delivery. Of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, would it be possible to do the rest of the interview as Eckhart Tolle voice? Sure. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. I'm just kidding. I did an event two nights ago in Chicago, and the next night he was coming there. Oh, cool! And I went on stage, and I said, "I hear that he's going to be here tomorrow night, which is the future." So he's lying. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, right. He's on a plane. Thinking about tomorrow, everybody. So this now stuff That's is hilarious. a little bullshit. That's awesome, yeah. dude. So I like where you're going with that in terms of having that sense of lack. So when I think about you know the law of attraction or manifesting or even the classical sense of prayer where there's a, a request for something that doesn't seem to be existing, I've often struggled with that because it is often coming from this energy of like, ah, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy if. Yes. The biggest lie I believe is people saying, when something happens, I'll be happy. Right. And my huge shift was when I'm happy, things will happen. And by happy, I mean, I'm okay with myself. Right. I'm okay with my sadness. I'm okay with my darkness. I'm okay with things that I'm judging in me. And I do understand positive thinking and it's great. But often people are doing something positive because they have a horrible fear of the negative happening. So there's people that are like, I got to make as much money as possible because when I was a kid, they don't even realize because when I was a kid, I was bullied and I needed to like overcome something. So they have these stories like I went from zero to a million dollars and they're sitting there saying, I overcame this problem. And then they actually look for problems to overcome and can't just relax, right? So I believe more and more that we're sitting here going, there's this positive thing that we're trying to think, which is great. But how do we know the negative's not better for us? Like, what if you get into a relationship and you're thinking positive and you know it's going to be perfect? What if this relationship's actually not good for you? And what if the best thing for you is a breakup? And you're sitting here thinking positive about it because you're in total denial that something could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And for me, I actually believe the opposite of the law of attraction, which is... <laughs> The more I want success in any area, I need to be okay with the opposite happening. The more I'm totally okay emotionally with being broke, the more I'm not moving from fear and trying to make money out of my fear of being broke. 
and I will access an actual passion in me that does something because it's my calling, not my rejection of, of what I don't want. Right. Oh, that's awesome. And so many people I think are creating these and that's where they actually create. How do I do this? Right. How? Because I am scared to death to not have enough or that I'm not going to be enough. So if you want the ultimate relationship, what if you're okay with being single? I don't mean aiming for being single, but what if you're just totally okay with you? You suddenly become a totally safe space for the ultimate person to come into your life to feel the lack of neediness in you, the lack of trying to get. And if you actually are okay with yourself, either way, you actually make a bigger space in yourself for amazing things to happen. But most people I see are in their head in a giant fear of the opposite happening. So there's nothing sustainable about the achievement they're trying to get because it's not their calling, it's their fear. You just described where I am in that area of life right now. That was very reaffirming. Awesome. That I'm on track, yeah. yeah. And what is it for you? How does that... Well, it's it's just taking, it's taking a pause on the pursuit of relationships and, and you know, romantic relationships in any capacity and just really getting comfortable in solitude yes, and eliminating the need to be completed yeah, and actually just kind of working on my own self-worth and self-esteem and self-love and just kind of hanging out with myself and having fun. I spent a lot of time alone and I've not really done that a lot. This, yeah. The past two years is the first time I've ever lived alone in my life. Always had girlfriends, roommates, family, et cetera. So I spent a lot of time alone and also you mentioned like being okay with your sadness or whatever and I'm just learning to kind of walk on the hot coals of feeling uncomfortable and sometimes lonely or whatever I'm experiencing and the good, the bad, the ugly, and just kind of like really sitting and breathing through that so that I don't try to fix it with a person or a phone or a whatever we use, you know, ice cream, whatever we use. Yeah. I mean, I've used some really harmful things in the past, you know, uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to treat that discomfort. So and if like, you're on the channel of, I need a person to be happy, yeah. you'll only be attracted to other people who need a person to be oh, happy. Oh, dude, mind blown. Yeah, because okay. if you're, in, your, if you're in a needy place and you go out with someone who's in their body, they'll feel right. your people pleaser, right. oversell-y delivery, you become a car salesman, right? So, and both of you become a vice connection to stop yourself from actually transcending your old patterns and moving into your body and actually being something. Where, where, where you learn your stuff? Meditation, okay. um, doing a lot of my own work. I was a stand-up comic for 20 years. I had yeah. two Comedy Central you specials. You started doing and, that when you were a kid, right? Quite young Yes, performing? I was 12. Wow. And I'm 40 now. So for 28 years, I've been on stage one way or another. Yeah. And I think that one thing that also probably makes a challenge for you in that going into the woods thing is that we have this other area of abundance, like your podcast, right? Like for me, a lot of people talk about how hard it is to come out of a, a really bad situation and it totally is. I believe it also is hard to come from an abundant situation. In other words, like child stars have a hard time because everyone hands everything to them. Yeah. And how yeah. are you going to go inward when you can just like be handed everything. Dude, I used to I used to work in the industry in Hollywood as a fashion stylist and I, I worked with some actors and stuff and dress models and all that. But mostly what my bread and butter was was working with musicians. So I dressed rock stars for a living. It was a really fun, creative, cool job and uh, a lot of really big ones. And what was interesting is the ones that had, you know, because I obviously researched each band or artist that I worked with if I wasn't that familiar. And it seemed... Uh, very consistent that the ones that had become successful young in life were really a pain in the ass to work with. 
because they were like uh, they were like adult teenagers. Yes, like really spoiled and entitled, and just like uh, like not good energy to work with. Yeah, but the ones that had struggled. Right. And came from nothing and didn't like, you know, get a platinum record at 18 or whatever. Those ones typically were, could be more on the level and real and come in and we'd have a conversation. They act normal, quote unquote, you know? So I know what you're saying there. It's a, you get a skewed perception of reality, I think. Yes. And you've had no reason to actually learn something about yourself. Like, I mean, yes, you learn who you are. I know for me, I did this for years. I'd done two teen movies that were big. There was 10 Things I Hate About You and Not Another Teen Movie. And then I had a Comedy Central career and did you know, 15 years of colleges and comedy clubs and had all the late night, all kinds of stuff, right? And I thought who I was was this famous guy. And my perception of myself is this guy on stage and then a bunch of people love me. Mm-hmm. I haven't had, hadn't seen anything different than that. And then it was really weird because you'd go home to a relationship and she'd just be like, do the dishes. And you're like, yeah, but I'm really awesome over here. Right. And your perception is she's off. Right? right, because this is, feels way better, right? Yeah, and that that and eventually that became false to me, and still it lingers sometimes. Like I have the most incredible transformational found. And by the way, the people watching should know that the background is my baby crying. Yeah, we 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 yeah. were talking before we recorded on whether or not she should hang out, and I thought you know what, it'll add like realness to the show. Yeah, like, let's this have is, her here. It's, it's so a, this is the new success. Yeah, like, the yeah, new level. I love it. But I would say that like having that creates this thing where, you know, and then luckily, this sounds so weird to say, but luckily in the height of my Comedy Central career and everything, I created stage fright and anxiety and all kinds of fears showed up of, you know, what if this bad thing happens and it just showed up out of nowhere. And the real mistake was I thought who I was, was a comedian. And I thought if that happens, it'll ruin my career. Right. So I thought who I was was a comedian. So if my career goes away, then I go away. I'm nothing. Right. 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 So this started the inner work that I needed to do because my life was falling apart. And I thought who I was was that life, those circumstances. Absolutely. And that put me into a very exciting meditation, inner work, transformational stage where I started really discovering. I'm not my thoughts, what my truth is. And now I combine comedy and transformation and don't do it in clubs anymore. I do it in theaters and and stuff, but it's much more an expression of me. And it's not me mirroring my circumstances, uh, you know, going, what's the world want me to do? It's what's my soul want to do? And there was a moment where I was like, what if I combine comedy and transformation? And I remember thinking that and feeling that. And my mind went, no one's ever done that. And my body went, no one's ever done that. That's amazing. Like it's your own field. Like, you know, maybe some people have done it their way and that's awesome. But there's something that was trying to come through. And I had no mental evidence of this being a good idea, but I had feeling evidence. I know exactly what you mean. It's back to the original question. Like, how do you feel out for, you know, the 51% in the right direction kind of thing? Like when you feel that pull or that subtle tug, yeah, I'm going to go this way. But what's interesting about that is what you do of combining, you know, a powerful transformative message with comedy. And I'm sure you've realized this on some level, but it's so genius because you're creating a state change in the audience that's mm. making them receptive to learning and having an experiential type of of learning rather than, yeah. you know, oh, here's my PowerPoint lecture on enlightenment or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which would put them in their head because I'm doing it from memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's trippy about it is um, I never know what I'm going to say. 
every talk I do. And, and by the way, the longer I go, the better it gets. So we do two-day events. Sometimes we're about to do a six-day event even. And I don't know what I'm going to say the entire... I don't schedule anything. And people go, I don't know how you do that. And I think to myself, it would be so much harder to do that. Oh my God. Like, like yeah. to, it's so much harder to do scheduling it and like having a PowerPoint. Like... Think of how much harder dinner would be if you brought a set list with you of questions to ask the person and right. had a script. You know, it's funny just, because sometimes when I like, I have some questions here. I always like hide them under my legs. Well, so, bullet points and yeah, yeah. yeah but you know, this conversation is flowing. I have, right? I have questions, but it's funny. Sometimes I don't need them in a conversation. Like I could literally chuck these because in some situations you just you sort of go into right. flow with the person that you're you're relating to and all of a sudden the question's like oh those don't matter anymore <laughs> but there are also situations then, as an interviewer where they don't have the that flow, flow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen and i'm like okay so number 1 and then i really have to follow the script yeah. when i see people that are doing transformational work or spiritual teachers i mean they never really have a plan it seems right. there's a there's a download of of intuition that if seems, I that seems to come, if know? I have a, a knowing everything I'm going to say before I go on stage, I'm cutting the audience off from what I feel in the moment when I'm on stage, and right. I'm bringing something that I prepared, and I'd only prepare something because there I believe there's a right or wrong way to do it. And how do you measure right or wrong, other than did I get something from them? Do you get what I mean? Do they like me or did I sell sure. it? People go, I don't know if I did a good job or if I'm doing it the right way. Yeah. How do you measure right? Did I get something from them? Is the only way you could measure what right, right or wrong even means. In the old days, it'd be like, how many people ran to the back of the room and bought my, my uh, right. tape set or whatever, you know? And I used to go to conferences and stuff like that. Every event we do, we don't do any of that. In fact, one time we had maybe six do years ago. Do you have any upsells of like, hey, if you guys like the talk, join my next thing? Or you we, know. We've definitely had where we just have events. But here's something that I'll tell you that's really trippy. The more I meditate, the more my body says, don't make it hard for people at all to get anything and make it crazy cheap. So I made a product recently that I really believe is like a $10,000 product and we sell it for 20 bucks. It's a, it's wow. a 13 hour, two day event video series that I combined with, and I'm not saying this to sell it, I'm yeah, saying yeah. it because it's so mind blowing to me that I had so thought and heard from all the things like make your price high, create demand. Yeah. But I realized like, then you get the same entrepreneur guys that, that pay all the money at the the certain events, but there's a mainstream public that would like to change too, but mm -hmm. they don't all want to drop $10,000 on a thing. And everyone's trying to make their stuff so expensive and create the demand. And that might've worked in the 80s when people were dying to show how rich they were and flash yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But we live in a time where people just are like, I just want to grow and make my life better. And I don't want to join every single expensive thing. So I've been getting excited about like making things that we have that were thousands of dollars, almost nothing. And I had heard someone once say, your value is worth how easily replaceable you are. So if you're by yourself and no one else does what you do, you can make yourself really expensive. And I've changed it to my value is worth what I want for my time. And I realized I don't want that much for my time. Interesting. I love doing what I do. So why right. would I make myself $30,000 to have a one-on-one -on -one with someone? <laughs> That's funny because I'm totally on... I'm like, think, okay, I need to build my audience up so that my time gets more expensive and more expensive until right. I can charge X amount of dollars to do anything at any given moment. Yeah. You know? and, well, and I'll tell you something... But I'm also doing something that I've done for free for people and for myself for 21 years. Right. Or I guess... You know, nineteen at the point I started doing this professionally. It's yeah. like two years I've been doing this field. But let me ask you this: so What you do, like when you're working with people or whatever? Yeah. 
would you do it for $75 an hour? If I had enough time to do everything else that I have to do, yeah. Right. It's, or even 150 an hour. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, most people are used to that are big speakers or coaches making their rate, whatever, seriously, like $30,000 for a day or something like sure, that, right? Sure, Yeah. And they still can do that and get that from people. But they can get it from a very high elite level of paying people. Now, if you make your rate really cheap because you love doing it, right? Just because this is fun, because I grow when I do this, because I'm better at it, because my art is getting better, then you can do it all the time. And then I started actually, I worked with two millionaires recently. This blew my mind and actually changed me. I worked with two millionaires. One woman was a woman who had inherited a ton of money and she's so cool, but she came to me to learn how do I build my audience and how do I, all this shit, right? Yeah. Can I swear? Oh yeah, yeah. Can I say how? Well, you can say anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> how was my joke? Like the word wasn't shit. Um, to yeah. me, that is a bad word. When people go, "How do I do it?" I go, "Love the part of you that thinks you need to know how." But I had this woman that's a, a millionaire, and I said, "Wait a minute." And she was like trying really hard. How do I build this audience? How I go? Wait a minute. You have a million dollars. She goes, "Yeah." I go, "You don't have to do anything. Why right. do you go enjoy your life?" <laughs> I go, what, what, do you need, what do you need a month? And she said right. like 5,000 a month. And I said, so wow. you have 200, 200 months for free right now. I was yeah. like, you have 17 whatever years. Yeah. You could have an eat, pray, love decade. You don't think you'll learn something <laughs> yeah, about yeah. yourself and in, a, in 10 years, right. you could create from this new knowledge that could give actually millionaires permission to let go. And then the other guy who's a really great guy was in the room and he goes, wait, this is bringing something up for me. And I said, well, let me ask you something. How much money do you need to make to be happy? And he said, a million dollars a month. And I said, so if you hit 900,000, are you depressed? And he's like, yeah. And I go, that's a lot of pressure. And he's like, yeah. And I go, ask your heart. And he meditated for a minute. And he goes, I'd be happy with 15,000 a month. And I was like, wow. So all of a sudden, he, both of them almost started crying and realizing I'm trying to get more and I'm not appreciating what I have. Right. And he realized he had this huge house with a basketball court that he doesn't use and he's paying all this money to keep it all up. And if he just goes, I just want to make 15,000, all of a sudden, he's totally always working. He doesn't need to keep up all these Ferraris and it's just so funny. And also the type of people that he's getting are all money-based people that are not in their heart necessarily, right? When you make your price $100,000, you're going to get only people that are flashy and want to be with you for status. Right. And when you go, I just want to create because I love what I do you get to do it so much more and not like it's like you're always working crazy it's like i want if you're a painter you should be painting a yeah. lot not just make it i want 100,000 a painting even if it's once every 3 months like i resonate with that and you know it's funny doing a podcast is very much like that I, I mean, I got to run my numbers now. I have paid advertisers. So during our interview, it'll be like, hey, have you heard about blah, blah, blah? And I'll read an ad. You <laughs> Learn know? to make millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, usually it's you know, something I use. Yeah. So I, I believe in the companies that sure. I work with. But you talk about a labor of love. I mean, this I'm doing like six interviews a day down here, you know, and uh, it's it's a lot of work. But like, this is what I like. I would just love to sit down and have a coffee with you. If you're just a normal civilian that doesn't have a following, it hasn't been on TV. Sure. You're just a cool guy. And these are the things that I would talk to you about in a meaningful conversation. Right. Because I can't stand small talk. It's such a waste of time. Me too, so, so much. Yeah, it's just like, I want to get right into someone's heart and be like, what are you about as a spirit? And like, let's go there. And um, so I get to do that 
with an audience. And then, you know, eventually it catches up and now I make a few bucks on this thing. But when I started it, I wasn't like, okay, how can I make money off a podcast? That's why it became successful. I didn't even know you could make money until like six months in. I was like, shit, I'm dropping like $2,500, $3,000 a month out of pocket to produce this damn thing. I got to like at least find a way to break even. Well, and if you are doing this from not how do I make money... You are bringing the most authentic you in and then you're bringing not an audience who's going, how do I get rich as hell? You're bringing an audience who has a heart. Right. Your audience suddenly will be in their bodies when they listen to you because we're talking from here. Because we're talking from here, it puts them into here. So it's sort of a, a listener entrainment, would you say? In yeah, a sense? I mean, and well, like I just... When you're getting your audience to laugh and you're, you're you know, infusing a, you know, a meaningful message with comedy, everyone's kind of getting in that state of receptivity. Right. And so, yes, well, I believe that no matter how good your PowerPoint is or how memorized it is, if you talk from memory, you will put the audience in their head. Right. And if the audience is in their head, they understand it. They're going to take notes like crazy and be in their head, but they're missing the essence of what they are. Mm -hmm. And so, when I talk from my body, they go into their body. And we actually exponentially shift as we keep doing our events because I get better and in the flow because I'm hearing this truth. Like you'll notice the longer this goes, like you can feel our synergy creating. We're talking from literally the same place, you know, that same place that when you're in your body and you're with someone else in their body, you always make the same decision. Like every question is what expands the world, right? Not what keeps my old story alive or what should I do because it would make my parents happy. You're in this place of what would change the world. And I believe more and more that almost every decision we make is does it keep my old habit alive or does it expand the planet? Oh, that's and, awesome. You know, so like yeah. when you pick up something from the attic and it's like something you inherited from World War II, you know, well, mom would want me to keep this, you know, but your body's like, I don't need it. But your, your mind will be so scared because you're going to let go and it gets scared because it can measure what it will lose, but it can't see what you'll gain. Mm-hmm. And the second you donate it or you let go of that job that doesn't align with you or you let go of the relationship that doesn't align with you or the things that just don't call to you, you suddenly create space, you go into your body and all of a sudden you're on a different dimension that you didn't know existed. And so for me, everything is like every decision we make almost, my team and I, my family and I, does this expand the world or keep my old habit alive? And, I, and sometimes we don't even call it that, you just feel that. You can feel that just like, oh, like when people go, what do I do next? How do I build this business? I'm like, what's the thing right now you know you need to let go of in your life that you think is not related to your business? It totally is. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. You know what I did recently? I had this weird thing that was happening where I started becoming somewhat obsessed with the amount of clutter in my closets in my home. I don't see it unless I go in there to get something, but I just know that they're unorganized. And specifically in my kitchen, all the cabinets were like just getting, you know, I lived there for two years. Shit just gets in the wrong place and I'm not right. like, a, I don't cook. It just got like very bachelory college dorm kitchen vibes in my kitchen. Yeah. Not on the outside. I keep a very tidy house. I'm raised by two Virgos, I think. So I don't, I'm not messy. I'm a Virgo and but there's no truth to that stereotype. Oh, there's not? <laughs> it's just <a> lot. <laughs> but the point is, it started to drain me energetically. Like I'd wake up on Monday morning. All right, what am I going to do this week to like add value to the world? Like, let's do this Luke and rah, rah, go team. And I'm just like, nah, the closet. And it started to bug me. And so I started finally, because it got so distracting, I went and I started systematically organizing things. And all of a sudden I could sit down and be creative. It was so strange how that, yeah. that clutter was actually 
stopping the flow. Yes. So it was one of those situations in which there was something there that was interrupting what could be there, which was something a more meaningful um, productivity level or organization level because there was some part of my life, even on the physical plane, although subtle, that was interrupting that. Right. That, I believe uh, that energy. So much that people say to me, like, how do I get more present or more in the moment? And I go, you're not here to get more in the moment. You're here to remove the clutter that's distracting you from the infinite presence that you already are. Right. There is no moment to get to, but you can absolutely spend all day on Facebook and be caught distracted by some scandal or what Trump said or whatever and be in your head and think that this movie that you... One of the biggest reasons we stress is we try to control things we can't control and don't control what we can. So we try to control what Trump said or what person is in trouble right now or what you know what someone said about someone or what our past is and we sit here like crazy like football like we're trying to control like we're mad because this group of guys not really from this city <laughs> yeah. just lost to this group of guys not bro, really from this city. my team <laughs> what, what does that mean you know i've, I've never been in, into sports probably because i was not really good at it and i was skinny and awkward and smoked too much weed as a kid so i just sucked at sports but um literally like i tried to play basketball i'd be all high and fall down it was a disaster <laughs> but i've always thought it's funny people are like oh we lost today and i'm like we lost you yeah. didn't do shit you're sitting on the couch eating doritos you know? yeah like, if you paid money to be at that game you're not part of that we <laughs> right, right? right you yeah. know so it's like going to the movie titanic and leaving and going we drowned that's funny no the you didn't yeah. drown <laughs> leonardo dicaprio drowned yeah he drowned in cash he from, drowned it yeah. was him that drowned in the titanic that's leonardo funny. dicaprio so literally I, drowned. I like i like the the metaphor you're bringing here because it took me years to arrive at this, you know, so let's just use the G word like God or presence, universe, whatever is there. It's a yeah. thing that is like the way I look at it is there's literally nothing you can experience that's not God. So it's not like I have to go look in the nooks and crannies of the universe to find God. It's like, no, I have to get the stuff out of the way that's blocking my ability yes. to experience that, which could be trauma, anger, jealousy, envy, anxiety, depression, I believe it's all stuff that you're trying to do to avoid losing your love from your parents from when you were a kid. Damn. So like to give Unpack you an example. That. Yeah. That's good. Well, think about this. If we, I, this is an analogy I use on stage sometimes, but if we went to another planet right now, let's say we go to another planet and we're each suddenly set up with two 20 foot tall green aliens and they don't speak English and we're there with them for 20 years. Okay, and let's say the first alien comes home totally drunk, and he's screaming, rah, 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 and you you start to speak out, and he yells at you once. So you start to go, okay, I better be quiet, because if I speak out, I get hurt. So you start to learn, don't make noise or don't speak out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's say the other one really loves it when you tap dance, and every time you tap dance, that alien's like showing the other aliens, and, rah, 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 and they're like, rah, rah. so for twenty years, you learn, I won't get hurt if I stay quiet and I tap dance. And for everyone else, we've had two different aliens. So whatever it is, or some people, four aliens or one or whatever. Then you go out to the rest of the planet and you're tap dancing and staying quiet. And none of those aliens care. They're like, I don't even like tap dancing. Why are you? Right. And you're sitting here trying to avoid getting hurt by these people that aren't your parents. But you've practiced for 20 years that I get love for achieving. My dad only likes it when I go to college or I make this much money. Or my mom really doesn't like it when I speak out and be who I am. Whatever it is, right? That's us. We're just this collection of shit 
that believes that who we are is this old story. And what I love about being and meditating and what I do as I sit and connect with myself is now for the first time, I get to be that space of love for the little me that didn't get love from my parents for a certain thing. So whenever we're scared to be something, our unconscious belief is we'll lose love if we do that thing or we don't do that thing. And so whenever anyone says how about anything, I know that there's an underlying question that they're scared of that they don't know exists that needs to come up and be seen and accepted. So when someone says, how do I make enough money? Because they have a belief that I'm not enough if I'm broke. So what if instead of having the how, we look under it? I'm asking that question because under it, I believe that I'm going to go broke. And what I have people do at that belief is say, and I love that. I'm don't, like, I don't know what's going to happen at this event, and I love that. I'm nervous, and I love that. I, I, awesome. I'm scared, and I love that. All of a sudden, the second you do that, you're not in resistance to the thought. And for the first time, that thought is allowed to be seen. And I really believe that's the five-year-old you that never knew it was okay to be nervous or not get love or be broke. And so... I meditate and I actually feel, oh, this is crazy. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost. And I'm scrambling to get love a certain way that I knew how to do it. And then all of a sudden it'll come up and I'll feel it be to- actually loved. Not loved like so that it leaves because that's not love. That's a condition. But if you picture the thoughts coming up as if it's a different child, if it's someone else's kid at a park, if a kid came up to you at a park and was like, no one's going to love me, you would hug the kid. But most of us to our kids go, you're right, let's get on Facebook. Right, <laughs> like, right. You're right, let's go eat a ton. You're right, right. Let's, let's, or I'm going to ignore this thought. And everything's fine. <laughs> Become a people pleaser because I'm ignoring this me, right? That's the world we live in. They're all in denial of this little kid and they're just being the pattern that they learned, but it's not what they are. And when I meditate for a couple hours a day, I wake up and I hear those thoughts and I just let them be there. I don't try to get rid of them. I just let them be there and then they sit and then I just walk around sometimes for half a day with the thoughts there. And always when they're fully accepted, they leave for good. Like they actually leave and the fears transcend. This is crazy, right? But this is like what I believe that we were is this thing that we learned we need to get love from our parents. And so every day I sit, I wake up and I sit for an hour to two hours, some days three, some days four, and I'll sit and I'll just listen to the show and it'll go, two hours, I can't... Who's talking? <laughs> it's just a thought, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's like, what am I doing? It's totally. crazy. I don't know who I am. I'm not enough. This is stupid. And then you stay there and then these thoughts have nothing to fuel them. So they get quieter. Facebook and Instagram would fuel these thoughts, right? Yeah. CNN and Fox News would yeah. fuel... This is like justification for the fear world. But the more you sit and create a silence, they have nothing to be against them and they're seen. And the second they're seen, they collapse. It's interesting that you use the word pattern. That's -hmm. something that I've really been looking at is that, you know, of course, I mean, I've been in therapy since I was 14 years old. Like I get it. Your parents were fucked up. You got fucked up, you know. Right. It's, It's easy math. But it's not, it's not just the trauma. It's like the pattern of thinking and the pattern of behaviors that develop as a result of that trauma. You know, and yeah, and I've seen in my life that like any sort of um, dysfunction or habit or character flaw is it's like there's really nothing wrong with me. It's just I'm stuck on repeat of a certain pattern of a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. 
that hi, I'll be happy when and all the things that we've been talking about. Right, right, right. So other than using meditation as a means by which to step outside of oneself in a sense and observe how those patterns are playing out in the melodrama of one's own life, what other tools have you used to dissolve those patterns? Have you used therapy or NLP or neurofeedback or any other modalities to, to undo and unravel those? So I believe that one thing I believe is we're naturally creative beings. We're always supposed to create. And if you don't create on a high level, your mind will creatively sabotage you because it's bored, right? So if you're living your life, if you're this brilliant, every person I believe is this brilliant, innovative artist in some way or another, and then we get a day job somewhere that we don't like, now this insane capacity is suddenly not allowed. And so it's sabotaging and that creates a lot of pain too. So I really believe in leaping. I believe in finding my edge, right? So one, right. one method I have is that I literally feel something that excites me. And three seconds later, the fear will come up of why I shouldn't. So to give you an example, we used to do 150 seat rooms. And then one day I was like, I want to do 2000 seater. So that was exciting to my body. And my body shows up and goes, yes. And then another me shows up and goes, here's why that won't work. I'm scared. When you step into this, this goes away. When you step into this, this goes away. If you step into the fear, the opportunity goes away. If you step in the opportunity, the fear goes away. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So the second I feel this feeling, go do a 2,000-seat theater, my body's like, yeah, but there's always a good yeah, but. Yeah, but we don't have enough money. Yeah, but I have a kid. All these reasons that you think are the reason you shouldn't are the reason you have to. Of course I need to do this. I have a kid. My kid needs to see they can totally live their life too. Of course I don't have enough money. I'm not doing the thing that changes the world, right? Like it's yeah. the reason. So when I say yes to the thing, I notice that I actually change channels. Like I change dimensions to a place where it's suddenly normal to do a 2000 seat theater. Then we did seven theaters at this one. It was Alex. It was 1400 seats. We sold out every show. Now we're about to do the Dolby theater where they do the Oscars. And on Hollywood Boulevard? On, yes. Oh, cool. So we just rented that. Wow, and that pushes dude. me to a new edge. And what wow. it's like is like learning to swim by just jumping into the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And you suddenly have no choice but to swim, but you're never going to learn to swim standing on the shore. Right? So people are like, I really want to make more money, but they're standing on the shore. And it's not possible. So when you actually put yourself in a position and realize you're not literally about to drown, so put yourself on that edge, but your nervous system thinks it's literal drown that you're about to actually die by doing something big. But the second you just do the thing and you step into the bigger thing, all of a sudden, you put yourself on a channel where I can swim at this deep of water. I love to put myself in situations that are over my head because then my body has to react. Right. Everything we do from our head is not sustainable anymore. The most successful people are speaking and moving and making decisions from their body, not their head. Head goes how? Body says, why? Right? Why do I need to do this? I have to. I have a daughter. I want to change the world because she's in it. I want to make it safer. I want to be better. I could inspire the people around me. I could, but even more, I could find out what the happiest, highest edge of my life is. Right? So your body will come up with these insane ideas. Like, what if you meditate for five days or go on a crazy juice fast or fly to Italy tomorrow or go write the book and your body goes, yes. And then your mind goes, here's why I shouldn't. This is the old story. Right. The that's second the, you step into this, pattern. that's the immediate dissolving of the old story because you're now a person that this is the $20,000 a year person. And then you just do something that moves you into a million dollars a year. Eventually, it's normal for you to be making a million dollars a year. 
and that's just a symbolic example, make that relationships yeah, sure, or whatever. Sure. But we're here to change channels and go to a higher channel where it's normal for those amazing things to happen for us. Not exciting. Mm-hmm. At first, it's exciting because it's the death of the story and you're looking at it from down here. But eventually, it should be normal for that to happen. You get what I'm saying? Totally. time for a shout out for our awesome sponsor, Ergo Driven. So years ago, I found out that sitting for long periods of time at your desk was like really bad for you, right? So I got all excited and got this adjustable sit-stand desk. Then I found that it really hurt my legs and my feet to be standing. So I just went back to sitting most of the time, kind of defeated the whole process there. Enter Ergo Driven and their Topo mat. I recently got one of these mats and it's a really soft but uneven surface that keeps you moving while you're working at your standing desk. And in fact, I'm standing at that very desk right now. Here I am with happy feet and happy legs moving around. I sit down, I stand up. It is awesome. So not only am I using the Topo mat, but more than 75,000 people around the world are using it. And it also has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. It is an awesome, affordable, really easy hack. They also make something very cool, which I recently got called the Spark. And the Spark is this really like easy to put together laptop or even desktop uh, standing desk that's made out of cardboard, but it's really strong and badass and it's very portable because it's light. It's really cool. So we've teamed up to offer you a 10% discount on all ergo-driven products, including the $25 standing desk that I just mentioned. So you can start feeling better like I am, no matter what your budget. So go over to ergodriven.com forward slash Luke to claim your discount. Use the code Luke for 10% off. So that's ergodriven.com forward slash Luke. And the code is also Luke for 10% off. I've gone through a lot of this having switched careers at 45 years old. and was just like, 180, I'm doing this other thing now. And I have experienced all the multitudes of layers of, of that experience. I, I call what you're talking about is fire aim ready. Yes. Yes. <laughs> An I love that. I started a business 10 years ago and uh, I had the idea for about six months and I mentioned it to this like super, you know, personal development improvement dude, went to all the seminars, had all the books. It's just that guy. And he's very successful uh, materially speaking. And I mentioned the idea to him. And every time I would see him, he's like, did you do the thing? Did you do the thing? Did you have your class? Did you have your class? I'm like, no, I got to do the thing. He's like, nope, it's never going to happen. Fuck that. You don't need all that. But I need the workbooks. No, you don't need that. Just talk, show up, do it. Yeah. But I need the PowerPoint. You don't need that. Book the class. And he finally oh, gave, he's awesome. He finally gave me a location. Uh, yeah. it, it's, I was had a fashion school, an idea for a fashion school. And so he had a rental property in the Hollywood Hills, fancy modern house. He's like, all right, here's your location. Now put out the ads, make a one-page website with a shopping cart, you're done. And I was like, ah! Right. But I did it. And then you're so right. Because once I did it, it was like, oh, cool. Well, now I'm going to do more classes and bigger and here and do them at Smashbox Studios. Let's go to New York and do them at Pier 59 Studios. And just like... Let's go to eight cities this year. And it was only possible because I did that one first super scary step. Yeah. It was like, what's everyone going to think? No one's done this before. None of my peers are doing anything like this. Yes, that's what the mind comes up with. They're going to see I'm the evidence. Cheesier that I'm trying to like scam people for money. But I mean, isn't, it your, so many... isn't it funny your mind didn't go, who would I meet if I did this? <laughs> no. What would I become? Negativity what kind of bias. Alignment? My mind's just yeah. like, here's the 100 things that will ruin your life if you do this 
you know, scary thing. Because this is death to the you that got love from your parents. Wow, it goes back to that. So it's yeah. going, it's going the way that I learned I get love from my parents who did the best they could, but some of our parents like grew up during the Great Depression or, right. you know, close to that, like a totally different time. Like they grew up when Martin Luther King had to like convince people that we're equal. Like right, think about that. Right. That like was an argument that needed to happen to them. <laughs> right, yeah. right? Like yeah. this is how insane and, and how repressed of a time they came from. Yeah. And I forget that all the time. Sometimes I'll think that about a parent and you know, like how did they not see this thing? Or, But we got to stop being the, the belief system of what... And by the way, the fear, as you were saying, right when you left, all of a sudden all this happened. It's not that we're scared to leap. We're scared to choose to leap. Like that there's nothing dangerous. It's like right. people always say when they, they go skydiving, they always say the scariest moment is when I'm looking over the side of the plane. Right? They always but that's when you're safe. You're still on the plane there. They always go, once I leap and I'm hurling through the air at ten thousand miles an hour, I'll be fine. No, that's that's where you're actually in danger. But they're going, no, because the factor isn't that they're going to get hurt. The factor is that they're letting go. And there's nothing different about a skydive than an actual emotional dive forward into right. a new career or into your dream. Right after working with those millionaires, I decided to take way less money from the company as a personal income. Like I got so excited to take way less and have less because once my actual needs are met, eventually your mind just keeps going more, 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 more. And I'm like, why don't I just coast now and enjoy my life and stop thinking how big can it get? And weirdly, it's getting way bigger, way faster because the authenticity that's trying to come through as much as it can while it's still fighting its old habits is, is something that's resonating with people. So it's getting bigger and the, the theaters we do are getting bigger and the the, the products we sell are getting bigger, but I don't make the price really big. I want it to be crazy. I don't. I want everyone to shift. I don't want to make billions of dollars. I want the world to change. I want to like. Right. I want to think of how many people are actually going to meditate that see those videos, you know, or create from a new place or, or leave perform, out of a, as you say, you're performing from the heart and not the mind. And also, it sounds like you're you're very much aware of the why. You, you, you know, become like, the why. Yeah, I the think. why is like everything. It's interesting. That, you know, I've been studying just a lot of business books lately and things like that because at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, I'm no spring chicken. Like, you know, I'd like to own a home and kind of get my shit together in that area. I've always just lived in the moment. I don't save. I don't have savings. You know, I that's just, great though. I mean, it's that's been better. fun. No, it's been amazing. Like, don't get a home. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. <laughs> like, but then you're investing in what the market does. Well, that's versus you know, your creativity. That's true. Get the you know, cheapest you, place you know to rent why, and put in this podcast. You know you're why awesome. I want a home is because my neighbors bitch when I play my guitar and I can't have that. Okay. And I want woods and quiet. It's more about, it's not about like, oh, I have a home, I'm safe. I mean, the zombie apocalypse could come and all that shit's right. gone anyway. It's more about just like having an environment that's conducive to my well-being. Totally. And I living, was just playing. Yeah, but... living in the middle of LA, like in the, which I've been doing for almost 30 years, is just going, hmm, not serving me anymore. One thing I got, and where that came from, one thing I get really passionate about is investing almost all my money in my creativity. So when money comes in, like we have videos that often go viral, but then I like to still do like a Facebook target marketing on them, you know, and like yeah. see how many people can see it in different areas. And sometimes I'll be like, this is kind of weird, but I'll be like, put in like $5,000 today, right? 
but then it'll immediately turn into 25,000 in returns of sales. And I'm not even doing it for that. I'm just going, how many people can <laughs> That's see cool. it? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then you, okay, put the 25,000. And then it's like five times that yeah. in the day. And so I just know that I learned my whole life buy a house to invest in. It goes up like 6% a year. Right. I'm like, if you get good at your creativity and you yeah. start to actually, you have no idea what its return is. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. like the, this podcast, you said you pay 2,500, 3,000 a month on making this podcast, but like it's building and it's going to sustain itself in the long run the way investing in a house does. But yeah. I believe so quickly. And then you get better too, along with the income that comes back in. Yeah. And, I mean, it's really amazing when you go, I'm going to put it in me and then donating too. But I get, I don't, want to have a big bank account. It sounds weird. But if I die or they just take my... Let's say the government just took all our money away from the banks. If there was like 5 million in there, I'd be pretty depressed that I wasn't using it all the way. It sounds crazy, but I so don't believe in preparing for the future as much as I believe live fully now and your future will be a thousand times better. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'll just be always taken care of. I'm much more about making your worth millions of dollars, meaning you worth it, but not the bank account. See, some people have millions of dollars in the bank, but they're not worth anything because they're not developing themselves. Yeah. Right? And then there's I've people that... I've noticed that a lot in, in the industry and area where I've lived a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing too, harkening back to something you said earlier about the drive to develop one's character and to evolve uh, is sometimes lacking when you've had it really easy. And I want to, I'm curious if you've ever noticed in some cases, and not all, I'm generalizing, that when people are really physically beautiful, that oftentimes they tend to lack depth. And I've always had this sort of concept that, you know, say like you take a, just a beautiful, beautiful, an 11 woman who was mm-hmm. just the cutest little girl, was just, you know, valedictorian, fucking whatever that thing's called, prom queen, just had kind of easy street in a sense and like never really had to develop other parts of themselves. Sure. Do, you, do you think that's true in, well, I would, in some I cases? I would just say more, there's a factor in when life is handing itself to you, it can be harder or there's no reason you know of to yeah, even go no inward. Motive. I think of my fiance as a, as a 10,000 and she's so deep. So I know right. there's also examples of amazing people that, yeah. that are abundantly beautiful and powerful, but also have that depth. But I also understand what you're saying that sometimes in life, why would we have a reason to? It's the same thing as if you just... You know what I noticed the demographic is to me is often white men. Because when I say you're just the moment and I say you're all... You're just the moment. My biggest challenge in demographic are people that have a lot of financial abundance. Because if I say you're just the moment and you're not your cars and they got a garage with 10 Porsches in them, and they've been getting love for that, that can really be a threat because they think it's death. Like if I told Donald Trump, you're just this moment, you're just love, you're not the billions of dollars or the greatest in the world at being president, as you say, you know, like if I said that, he'd be so mad when I'm actually complimenting him. But he, you know, there's no reason when you constantly have that financial abundance and the attention and all that to go in. Right. You know what I'm saying? Until you finally lose it all and and you you then you can gain so much from losing it all and discovering you're still alive because yeah. most people think if i lose it all unconsciously they know that's ridiculous in their mind but their nervous system thinks i'm dead if i'm not not loved by everyone or richer than shit or 
the most beautiful person in the world. So some people, yes, think they're their money. Some people think they're their bodies or their looks. And that can bring in methods to keep it there, like plastic surgery or desperate, you know, over-exercising or whatever. There can be all kinds of stuff. But that's because you're trying to save something that you think is what you are. Yeah. And your problem is not that that's falling apart. Your problem is you believe that that's you. And people do it not only with that, but they do it with just a belief system, like being a victim or an achiever or who I am as this person. I am this person who's overweight. So as you've become less identified with say, oh, I'm this famous comedian. I'm a guy that's on TV. I'm an actor. I'm in this, I'm in that, or the car you drive or whatever your, your, you know, your, your family's religion or whatever you've been kind of on the material plane, uh, so to speak, identified with as you've become more the witness of that phenomenon. Have you found that you've become increasingly less susceptible to criticism professionally? It, like It shows up, but trolling less. And, you know, like yes. how do you deal with people not liking your work and thinking you suck or Hollywood going, eh, what, are, what are you doing? Like, what's this thing? And Well, there's a line in the that. movie adaptation that changed my life because I had to deal with it big time because I was a comic and comics are cynical. So all my peers, when I became a transformational speaker, thought I became a crazy cult leader and right. said I must be a Scientologist I, and I'm scamming I, I, people. I sense that might yeah. have been an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that, the comic's job is to call bullshit on everything. So a huge experience in my life was having to face that all, almost all my peers, the ones I really respected even, just turned on me and decided to make me this villain without knowing that I wasn't making money doing what I was doing. But I started teaching transformational stuff to comics and kind of became this motivational guy. Mm-hmm. And it was just like Kyle's like teaching these landmark-esque Scientology (laughs) things or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to speak my truth. Yeah. But that was the best thing that ever happened to me. It really was one of the the best things. I would say it's third, (laughs) looking at my family. But to have to face something that's beyond what you control causes you to have to release control. And the second you release control, you start to see, I'm not here to control all this stuff. That was when I also lost control of my mind. And then my mind would have these thoughts of how it's going to save and fix this problem or these comics are saying this about me. This was like eight years ago, but my mind was like, do this, do this, do this. And at one point I realized I'm sitting in a hotel and I'm safe and my mind is saving my life all day and it's in its own world and I'm fine. And that was when I discovered I'm not my thoughts. That was like the moment. Right. And, And so life shifted to this line from a movie and adaptation, which is you are what you love, not what loves you. And I was put in a position where I not only had to know that mentally, but I had to experience it emotionally because I was so attacked. And... I now understand much more, but not all the way. I still have paranoia and definitely there's times where stuff shows up. Do you read uh, reviews? Of Yeah, on my book. Of your book, oh my your, God. your performances, well, things like that? My book, I wrote, I'd never written a book. And the first eight chapters are me writing about how I don't know what I'm doing and that I'm scared. And the point of the book was for <laughs> me to great, stay in the room and go through a transformation in the book. Right. So you will watch in the first eight chapters this fall apart of me. And it's funny and deflective. Some chapters are literally one sentence. Some chapters are... Really, it's just... It, and What's it was, your book called? It's called I Hope listeners. I Screw This Up. Yeah, okay. And it's a New York Times bestseller and it's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. But the first eight chapters are what meditation is and what stepping into something new is, which is, this is horrifying. And I wrote it that way intentionally. And after chapter eight, all of a sudden, all this amazing new content came through because my message was stay in the room. But when the book came out, 
many people would write, I couldn't get through chapter six or whatever. And I would go, God damn it. You, you were quit just before there. the miracle. Yeah. And yeah, that was yeah. what the point was, you <laughs> right, know, right. but I also needed to sac- sacrifice that. So at yeah. times I would read reviews on Amazon from people that didn't understand that was the point yeah. because the people that read it all the way through were like five stars. It's amazing. Yeah. But if I stopped it at, you know, people, almost every complaint review said I stopped at chapter and it was one to eight. You know what I mean? So yeah, I checked out reviews and then eventually I noticed a total freedom and not knowing what they were and letting people have their opinion. Yeah. And do you, do you currently read any of your reviews? I check emails sometimes or check the comments on YouTube sometimes when sure. I put a video out. But I really, really think about when I see a video I love and someone talks shit on that video from someone else's, yeah. how much I don't go, that person's right. This video is bullshit. Like, yeah. I don't believe. Yeah. I go, that's this person's opinion. So I have to remember that for me too. Yeah. But I also know that the factor in what causes people to talk crap or be angry has to do with their life and their repression of themselves. It has nothing to do with me. And they need a target and I trigger something in them, right? But I also notice the more that I embody what I know is true, the more that I show that truth and the more shit talkers leave because they're scared of their truth. So the more you step into your truth and the more you honor what you are and it's a gradual process that you can't do egoically, you have to let happen. Eventually, the people that are crapping on you bail because they're scared of you turning on them you know, because that's why they're attacking. They're preemptively, right? you know? And I noticed yeah. that usually almost every, and I know you know what I mean by this, almost every person that talks crap has an anonymous page. There's, n- oh, yeah. there's never, hardly ever there's a face. cowardice energy behind right. Or trolls. it's a fake name. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> there's so much fear and yeah. self-hate in that. And I, I've learned truly to have more compassion for them. It definitely there's still egoic things that show up and, want to prove a point every once in a while, but it's yeah. very small now and it's, it's growing to truth that it's okay. I'm going to do what I do. That's cool. You know? Yeah. Have you experienced that the more you get into alignment with your higher purpose through your work, that it becomes easier to be more vulnerable and authentic? Like it's this sort of um, self-perpetuating ability to just go, wow, I'm, I'm getting more and more real and it keeps feeling yes. safer and safer. Yes. Because the more real you are, you're being more loved and received from the people that are consuming your content. I would say that it really what's going on is the more I feel and trust myself and the byproduct is the audience matches that. Right. So I feel more connected to myself as I keep doing the work. Like this podcast is so fun and there's so much that I'm learning as I say it about like I'm teaching myself as I say this, right? Sure. I'm having these revelations and we're talking from a real place that sees these ideas and these possibilities and feels safer and feels more permission. And then I feel that embodiment in me. And then weirdly, the audience kind of raises a channel too and matches that. And, and I really believe the love you get outside is matching the love you're feeling inside. It really is. If you're really not in alignment with yourself and you're always resisting stuff and someone comes and actually loves you, it's going to scare the crap out of you because it's bigger than you've let yourself have. So you'll sabotage it and you'll go find another person that matches the people pleaser (laughs) and fear-based place that you're in. And I believe people pleasers usually only attract takers. So if you're in a people pleaser... there's polarity there. There's polarity because you're closing your heart off. And if you close your heart off, you think you're protecting yourself, but you're only closing your heart off from love and loving people. And you right. find other people whose hearts also closed off that feel in lack that will take from your overgiving, 
and manipulate that. That's great. Yeah, it's also the perfect match of the the love avoidant and the love addict. Right. Kind of run that parallel as well. You know, it's like, like the they just fit together like a key in a lock. Like, yeah. click, well, you and know? you can see why. And, it feel, and from personal experience, it feels strangely comfortable at first. Yes. Because what created... So a love avoidant, what would create someone to be love avoidant? How about an overbearing parent? Right. So then they go to a relationship, they find someone that feels like their overbearing parent. So it has that childhood familiarity, even if it's dangerous or horrible. Right. So this feels like dad or mom. Right. So I feel that highest level of what I believe is love, that love that I felt when I was five or six. And if you're like over connecting, it might have been because your parent was love avoidant. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that parent was like that. So you could be overbearing and stuff. And then you become the codependent, right? Because your parent was blocked off and you found yourself like needing to prove to them you're enough and being over codependent. And, and then that's the relationship. It's very rare you have two codependent people or, well, they're both codependent, but overbearing or over love avoidant because that would just be two roommates. Right. And the other one would be two fixers that never leave the house and would be so addicted to everything, right? That's brilliant, dude. Wow. That illuminated a lot. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, pause. I'm digesting that. Yeah. No, that's, that's profound. And it very, it very much rings true. Yeah, that's cool Does stuff. that make sense? Yeah, like, it's, no, it's, it makes perfect sense. That feels sense. exactly like my mom. Yeah. I mean, God, I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to play Motown music for me. And it was... I, me too. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of Marvin Gaye. Yes, me yeah. too. Marvin Gaye, The yeah. Temptations, like that was my... The That's Jackson cool. 5. Wow, we're lucky. Huh? Yeah, right. Really, really, we are. I love my mom. My, my mom passed away last year and I miss her so much. She actually... It just killed me because she died six weeks before my daughter was born. Oh. And her whole life was she wanted to be a grandma and she just missed it. Oh, and, um, man, that's too bad. And it was a big lesson for me as a side note because I, I said, I really believe that no one ever breaks your heart, but they break your expectations. And by breaking your expectations, they get you closer to your heart. And I had this expectation that I was going to enjoy my daughter with my mom. And right. then she died. And that killed the part of me that was going to enjoy my daughter through my mom. And I all of a sudden, actually, the byproduct of that is I'm more of a direct parent for her. I actually think I'm going to be a better parent because I'm not doing that thing like when you watch a movie you've seen a million times to show someone else, but you deep down don't want to watch it. This is like, I'm not going to have this this relationship with my daughter based on mom, look at what she did. Mom, aren't I great? She did this. Mom, oh, aren't... Right. She died, which was horrible. I'd much rather her be here. But oh my God, I cried out so much and felt so much and grew up because the same part of me that wanted her approval also died. And I felt it leave and it's changed me. And I feel like I'm a better dad than I would have been. And I see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, totally. Yeah. How many times have you watched a movie you've seen because you're showing a new person you're dating, you know, that movie? And you're yeah. going, you haven't seen Back to the Future? And then you're halfway through it and you're like, I've seen this movie so many times. What am I doing? <laughs> totally, right? yeah, totally. Because you don't want to watch. You're not doing what your heart wants to do. You're doing what you associate as connection through the old story. And that's what I think I was about to create if my mom was still here. Interesting. I'd much rather her be here still. Of course. But it was huge. But what I was going to say is she played Motown music for me. And then yeah. I remember in my 20s, only liking women that liked Motown. 
Like I'd get in the car, all the girl had to say is, oh, I love Mo- the Temptations. I'd be like in love with her. Right. <laughs> then I learned this pattern yeah. and all of a sudden I hated anyone who liked Motown. Like that's my mind fixing it and going to the other way. Right. Fine. No Motown for me. You know, and then she'd be like, I love Motown. Like, Ugh, you just are like trying to be like my mom, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's so funny versus like understanding there's a soul under it that actually has different criteria for who they want to be right. with. and. Wow. Yeah. Awesome, dude. You're a cool guy, man. You too. Thank my you friend. so much for sitting down with me. It feels good. This we got to like get you. We got to get you on stage. So, yes. So hopefully, I'm performing in a minute. Yeah. Aren't I? Yeah. In front of a couple thousand people. So, um, I'm well, gl- thank you for warming me up. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Isn't it, it's it's I I when I go speak somewhere, I usually will call a couple friends on the way there to kind of get myself in a talkative yeah. state. Because I can't just walk into a place having just been sort of alone all day doing my thing, working, meditating, yeah. and then walk in like, hey, I need to sort right. of exercise that. So hopefully we had that effect. Um, so you've taught Absolutely. me a lot today, Kyle. I thank you so much. Thank um, you. I'd love to recommend to our listeners three teachers or teachings that have influenced you in a profound way. If you could point us upstream at sure. someone they might go learn from as well. One teaching that I just really loved was what Wayne Dyer said about when you think you are the thing, that if it goes away, then you go away. It was a huge one for me. Wayne Dyer is one of my favorite teachers of all time. Michael Beckwith is such a hero to me. When I got out of comedy and went to Agape the first time, I really felt seen and discovered a new world. And I really love Michael Beckwith. I think he's such a good person and just means a lot to me. I would say the third teacher that I love so much is my daughter, Vivian, because she reminds me to feel fully. You know, she cries when she wants to and everyone still loves her. She'll crap her pants and everyone still loves her. <laughs> she says, just be you. Right. I crap my pants during this interview because I learned that from her. That's not true, but if that were true, it would be. But I would say I am learning so much from being in some ways forced into the presence that I actually am. And people say to me, you know, oh, it's so hard to raise a kid. And I don't believe it's hard. I believe it's hard if you're who you used to be. It's very hard for the Facebook addict to have a child. Yeah. It's very hard for the overachiever. It's very hard for, you know, someone who wants to party all the time. But if your soul says, I want to live in the woods and be, I just have the most incredible connection with her and feel this is the essence of who I am. And I find myself slowly learning how to be me. I think she's the biggest teacher That's I've ever cool. had. That's yeah. cool. It's, it's beautiful to see that I don't have kids. And so... I mean, I've still, you know, I still got a little runway there, uh, thankfully being a male, but it's really neat to see that relationship. And I have to say, as an as our all-time world record, she's definitely the youngest guest we've had on the Lifestylist Podcast. awesome. <laughs> Teens. I think we had like a three or four-year-old kind of drop in and out. Uh, she's smiling right now. So, Maybe we can get a smile minute. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. I wish you guys listening could see the, like the preciousness going on in this room right now. She likes when we sing. If I dance her and kind of sing a little bit, like, let the bow breaks, let it come down crashing. <laughs> she's smiling. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's smiling big. Let the sun fade out to a dark sky. Tell the world that we finally got it all right. 
I choose. That's her favorite song right now. She's Actually, living, it's Banana Phone. She's living the dream. All is, right, dude. Last, thank you. Last thing, where uh, where can we find you on websites and social media? Well, I'll tell you a couple of cool things. So that video series that I made is on my website. And it's there's two sites you can go to. KyleCease.com. My name is K-Y-L-E. The last name is C-E-A-S-E. So KyleCease.com. So there's a product called the Limitation Game Interactive, which is a 13-hour video series that's interactive. And I give you exercises at home to do while you're also going back and forth between that and the live event with a 1400 seat audience. It's so life-changing and it's $20. That's amazing. And, and then the other thing is we're going to do the Dolby Theater and we got excited about making that really cheap too. So that's our big June 23rd and 24th event. And that is literally, it's like 200 bucks. But if you want, I'm going to give a coupon to anyone. If you go to Ticketmaster where it says offer code, mm-hmm. if you type in next level, one word, it becomes $100. Amazing. And so, we'll put that in the show notes too. What's that? Yeah. yeah. Please, I'm telling you, if, the, if you enjoyed this podcast or felt a moment of inspiration or excitement, imagine being immersed for a full two-day weekend where it just gets bigger and bigger and you start to move into that space that gives you permission to you know, be what you actually are. And by day two, you, you're on a different dimension. The whole room is and it's nuts and That's people cool. change and it's, it's really powerful and they change for good because it's like leaving them. It's not motivation. It's leaving the matrix and you'd never go back into it once you see it, right. you know? Right. So yeah, that's it. Personal development red pill. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, dude. Well, thank and you so much. Too. Thank you so much for joining and, uh, and have a great talk today, man. Thank you. God Thanks for giving you. me the warm up. I had a blast. And right on. I'm excited to go talk to him. I really enjoyed this. Thank cool, you for me having too. me. Thanks, brother. Yeah. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling quite inspired, man. I really had a great time getting to know Kyle. I didn't know that much about him prior to the interview. I mean, of course, I was aware of him. He's a celebrity, he's famous, but I didn't know how deep down the rabbit hole of the realness he was. You know, what I call the realness is like the ability to be vulnerable, to be open, to be truly authentic publicly. I just really love people that have the capacity and the nads to do that. And it's something I'm always working on doing myself. Okay. And uh, Kyle, you know, he didn't disappoint, right? So don't forget too. let me, uh, let me scroll back up to my notes. Don't forget to go check out his event. It's coming up in just a couple days here, June uh, 23rd and 24th at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. You can get tickets at kylecease.com forward slash Dolby. And again, you'll save $100 by using the code NEXTLEVEL. Speaking of codes, oh man, let's give some shout outs to our show sponsors. I really, really love the brands that I get the opportunity to work with. You guys might not know it, but as the show gets more popular, I get approached by a lot of brands that you know do something in fitness or health or biohacking. And uh, some of the time, I got to be honest, I don't really feel in alignment with them because I don't feel like they're the best at what they do or their products are just inferior or whack. And I just, I I just like wouldn't be able to sleep at night, honestly, if I promoted them. And so I handpick the brands that I work with and they're all people that listen to the show. They're fans of the show. So it's very much like a family affair. You know that Sly and the Family Stone song? If you don't, you should look it up on Spotify. It's a family affair. It was a little something like that. It's dope. Anyway, I digress. 
first sponsor that I want to thank and drive some traffic to is our newer one, ErgoDriven. And you can go to ergodriven.com forward slash Luke and save 10% off by using the code Luke. That's ergodriven.com. The mat that I'm, well, actually I'm sitting, I'm sitting now. When I did the intro one, I was standing, but now I'm sitting at my desk with my feet on it. Okay. I got to be real. I got to be honest, but I stand on this thing all the time. ErgoDriven is dope. Next, we've got Athletic Greens. You can go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke and get 20 free travel packs, which are really handy, by the way, because I sometimes with my green powders, I'll like put them in a big Ziploc bag and then go through TSA. It's problematic. You feel me? These guys are going to give you 20 free travel packs of the Athletic Greens valued at 99 bucks with your first first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. And last, but certainly not least, Organifi. And the product that I'm using tonight, actually, right now it's uh, about 10.36 p.m. I'm not supposed to be recording this late because I'm supposed to be getting ready for bed according to my new rules, which I never follow. But about an hour ago, I poured four heaping scoops of Organifi gold into the smoothie that became my dinner. And this stuff is just, I don't know, it's like, it's the nighttime drink, the Organifi Gold. You can just make it by itself with some water, with some almond milk, something like that. Um, You can make like a hot golden latte kind of thing or a cold drink during the day, whatever. It's just badass. It's got turmeric and all these really cool herbs in it. And it just tastes delicious. It's amazing. Anyway, I could go on and on. I love this stuff. Go to Organifi with an I. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. And of course, save 20% by using the code LIFESTYLIST. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. All right, last piece of business we got to cover here. If you're listening, by the way, to the bitter end right here, you are a true fan and I love you for that. Don't forget about Friday's bonus episode where I get down and dirty with Fern Olivia for her show, Sensual Intelligence. This is an unedited peek into um, the hidden recesses of my romantic life or the lack thereof and it should be uh fun and interesting i probably won't listen to it because like i said earlier i'll be mortified but um i think you might get something out of it because i've been on quite a journey for a few years and we talk a lot about sexuality and sensuality physicality intimacy love romance all of those gooey hard to talk about at least for me topics so that's this friday make sure you subscribe to the show you guys so these things get downloaded to your device and you don't have to remember anything put everything on autopilot. I want to remind you again, you can really support the show, not only by making purchases from our lovely sponsors, but you can find every single supplement, every biohacking tool, every technology, literally everything I personally use at lukestory.com forward slash store. I really, I'm trying to get the word out because now I'm, I'm, you know, the show's growing. It's getting more popular. So I'm getting all of these inquiries from people asking me questions about the best vitamin for this, the best supplement. Does this thing work? Is it real? What's the best this, the best that? And, you know, not that I'm the be all end all, but I do pride myself in doing a lot of research on different brands and I'm always looking for the best of the best. And I just decided to link out to all of the stuff that I really like at lukestory.com forward slash store. So if you want to get into the stuff that I'm into and go hardcore, uh, that's where you're going to find it. All right. Lastly, I'd like to invite you to join the Facebook group. You can just search the lifestylist podcast and facebook and join the group in there and that's where i do a lot of q a a lot of people dm me on instagram like hey what do you think about this or that and 
it's getting to the point where, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm brand new or badass, it's just legit. I just can't answer people. So I have a little cut and paste thing now. I'm like, I'd love to help, but you got to join the Facebook group because that way I can answer as many questions as I can, but everyone gets the benefit of joining the conversation and um, benefiting from the answers. Because honestly, most people ask like the same 20 questions because we're all struggling with the same stuff. So I'd love to be able to support you and help you and also see your mug and get to know you over in the Facebook group, which is the Lifestylist Podcast. And it's private. So you have, um, you know, you have the sanctity of that group to ask whatever you want. And I keep it very real in there. I also do a lot of behind the scenes, exclusive content, such as live broadcasting podcasts as they, as I do them, warts and all, you know, all the mess ups, all the screw ups. There's plenty of those. All right, that's it, you guys. Thank you so, so much for listening to my podcast. If you like what I'm up to, if you're digging our guests, make sure to share this show with someone you love because I love you. See you next week. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.